0: STORY EIGHT OF THIRTY GHOST STORIES BY VARIOUS AUTHORS. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. SANDY'S GHOST Commodations FOR THE NIGHT, STRANGER? WELL, YES. I RECKON WE CAN FIX A PLACE FOR YOU. HAVE A CHAIR AND SET YOU DOWN. THANK YOU. DON'T YOU FIND THIS RATHER A LONELY PLACE? NO NEIGHBORS, NO NOTHING THAT I CAN SEE. "'How came you to settle here, so far removed from other habitations?' "'Well, perhaps it's best not to ask too many questions to once.' "'Beg your pardon? No offense was intended. "'I assure you, simply idle curiosity.' "'Don't say another word, stranger, but come on in. "'We'll have a snack for supper. "'Polly, bring on some vittles. You're just in time.' "'Polly at once obeyed. She was a typical Western girl.' "'Tall, lithe, graceful, and lipid-eyed. "'She was clear-skinned and high-spirited, too, "'and in this case ignorant through no fault of her own. "'John Barr's eyes scanned her intently, "'and a flush came to her cheeks. "'For the first time in her life "'she was unpleasantly conscious of her bare feet. "'It may have been this that made her stumble "'and spill some of the contents of an earthen bowl "'over the guest's knees as she placed it on the table.' Her eyes flashed and a tear of anger twinkled on the lashes. She stopped, half-meaning to apologize, but an oath from her father caused her to set the bowl down heavily and to hurry from the cabin. A moment later Barr saw a flutter of pink calico from behind a pile of rocks. Old Kit Robinson saw it, too. "'Don't wonder at your saying, taint right. She's a smot gal, and a good looker, too.' As should have been sent away from here to school ter be educated. She won't leave her no count dad. I oughter be shot for cussin' her, but I ain't what I used to be. Settin' here and keepin' guard makes me nervous. Barr's eyes asked the question, his lips refused to speak. Supper eaten, the men went outside and sat with their chairs tilted back against the cabin. Something in the younger man's frank face had softened old Kit into a reminiscent mood and made him strangely inclined to gratify an idle curiosity. The soft evening wind sighed through the branches of the tall spruce pines, and the declining rays of the setting sun caused the shadow of the rude home to stretch out longer across the greensward. From its shelter where he sat, John Barr looked out on the grand ranges of the Rockies and wondered where in their vastness he would find the man he sought, the finding of whom had brought him into this wild and unforsaken mining camp. Stranger, I've taken a liking to you. You've been a something about you that reminds me of someone I know, and you look like an honest chap. Say, do you believe in ghosts? He put the question very suddenly, and a look of disappointment crossed his face when Barr told him that he did not believe in spooks. Wall, I've seen em A thought connecting the pink calico with something in the past came to Barr's mind. "'Can't you tell me about it?' he asked. "'I'd like her if you'll swar on your derringer and never ter blab. "'Will you swar?' The solitary guest started a smile, but the smile faded at the thought of unshed tears in Polly's eyes. It might make it easier for her if he humored the old man.' "'I swear,' he said, and he did. "'Do you see, yon old spruce at the turn of the trail "'and the cliff just above? "'Well, that's the spot I'm a watchin' in garden "'till the owner comes and to reclaim it. "'I'm quick to burn powder and pretty sure shot. "'I know a man when I sees him, and I ain't easy fooled. Walter, well, to begin with, I had a partner once, "'and he was a man, sure enough. "'He was from the state of New York.' "'I never axed him as to how so fine a gent "'come ter diggin' and shovelin' in the Rockies. "'Though ter myself I said there was some good reason. "'He had light hair, and we called him Sandy, for short, "'and he was just about as gritty as sand. "'We was as unlike as any two fellers you ever saw. "'He was quiet-like and steady, "'and I was sorter wild and reckless, "'and I liked mounting do most to well.' "'Well, when we had a little dust scraped together, "'we would divvy, and I took my share way down to the station "'on the other side of the cliffs "'and sent her off to the bank in Helena. "'But I allers left some hid where the gal could find it. "'Old Sandy had a bank of his own that no one knew about, ceptin in himself, and every time we divided "'he'd carry part of it to his hidin place "'and then give the rest to me to send to his boy.' "'that he said was being educated in some college way up in Boston. "'He seemed to think a heap of that boy. After a while, my old woman gave out, "'and soon we laid her away on the hillside. "'It was hard, stranger.' "'Old Kit's voice failed him for a moment, "'but he quickly regained his composure and continued. "'But when old Sandy, my good old pard, "'give up, I didn't care for nothin'. "'We bared him in style.' "'All the boys from round the diggins was thar, "'and many an I was wet. "'We didn't have nary a preacher, "'but the gal she prayed at the grave. "'For the life of me, I don't know where she learnt it. "'Reckon the old women must have told her. "'Next morning the gal showed me a letter "'that Sandy gave her just fore he died. "'It was ter's boy, and she was to give it to him, "'if he ever come out this way, and she got it yet. "'That same evening after supper,' Feelin' kinder of gloomish, "'and like there was something in my throat "'I couldn't swallow, "'I took a stroll up the gulch. "'I went on out to the top of the ridge "'of the big rock, "'and got to studying "'where I'd find another part like Sandy. Alter once, "'I felt a hand touch my shoulder "'kind of light once or twice. "'I jumped up, half spectin' it was Sandy, "'but it was only the gal. "'Well, I was all took back at fust, "'and then I got mad.' What air you doing up here, I axed, kinder tough. She had tears in her eyes as she looked up at me and said, Pap, don't get mad, I was lonesome. I seed you comin' up this way and I followed you, cause I wanted to tell you that Sandy said to give his boy his pile when he comes. Wall, says I, you might have waited till I come back to the house. And then I sent her back. At her, she was gone. I sought her studyin war in the world Sandy's pile was. I tried to think where he could have hit it, but it warn't no use. Alder once, I noticed it was plumb dark, and these surroundings ain't a healthy place for a man to roam in arter nightfall, specially if he ain't got his shootin irons on. I cut a pretty swift gait for the shack. Just as I come around the bend there at the pine, I happened to look up toward the cliff, and there sot Sandy. Yes, sir, he was him sure as you're born. My feet felt heavy as lead, and I couldn't move from the spot. I tried to holler, but it warn't no go. Finally, I gave a sudden jerk and made a step toward him, and as I did so, he disappeared. Then I made tracks for home, but I kept mum because I knowed the boys would say that mounting dew was licking up my brains, and I would be seeing snakes and such things for long. The next night, somehow or another, I thought to go and see if he was there again, and sure enough, there he saw it, looking kinder sad and making marks on the rocks with his fingers. I had my hand on my gun this time, so I got a little closer than afore, But by hooky, he got away from me again, nor did he come back. I could hardly wait for the next night to come around, at the same time I was on hand good and early, just as it begun to get dark, and the trees looked like long spooks a stretchin' out their arms. I looked toward the cliff, and there he sought, markin' and scratchin' on the rock with his fingers and lookin' sad. Now, this being the third time, I kinder got bolder, and I went a little closer and says Sandy, what's the mat matter with you? Didn't the boys do the plantin right for you? Then, as luck would have it, I thought of something else right quick, and I said, Or is it the dust you've hid where you're sittin?" Well, he looked up at me then, and the happiest smile come to his face, and all to once he disappeared again. And since then I've sat here, guardin' the place till the right one comes along to claim it. Let's see, what did you say your name was? Pardon me, I thought I told you. "'My name is John Willett Barr.' "'Polly, oh, Polly! "'Come here, gal. "'What was Sandy's full name? "'I plumb forgot.' "'What do you want to know fur? "'She asked. "'I ain't gonna tell you now. "'That's my own secret. "'Come, come, gal. "'Tell me ter once "'that it won't be healthy for you.' "'Well, then,' she answered stubbornly, "'it was John Willett Barr.' At her reply, the young man's face grew deathly pale. "'And he started up from his chair, "'but Kit thrust him back into his seat, saying, "'Bring me the letter, Polly.' "'What are you going to do with it, Pa?' "'She inquired cautiously. "'I promised old Sandy on my oath "'to keep it till the right one comes along to claim it, "'and I mean to keep my word. "'The right one is here, gal. "'There he sits. "'So trot that letter out, "'and don't parley long with me "'if you knows when you're well off.' Polly stared at the young man in utter bewilderment for a moment. Then, turning slowly, she stepped quietly into the cabin after the precious document. An unusual gleam of joy lighted up her face, and a suppressed excitement shone in her eyes. Under her breath she said, ''Somehow or other, I felt he was the right one.'' Too truly, John Barr realized in that painful moment that whom he sought was now dead to him that the father from whom he had been parted so many years was sleeping that long, dreamless sleep in the clay mound on the hillside, which marked his last resting place. As he turned to look at the face of old honest Kit, who had been his father's friend during those long years of forced exile, a happy smile lit up the old miner's rugged features as he pointed with his finger to the rock cliff near the old spruce vine and said in an exultant, trembling voice, "'Larry be, stranger, just as I have seen him many a night, your dad, my pard, poor old Sandy.' With an eager voice, John Barr sprang forward, and the mountains echoed and re-echoed the plaintive cry of, "'Father! Father!' But his outstretched arms clasped only emptiness and the darkening shadows of the rapidly approaching night. End of Story 8